episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com. Okay, welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Front Door podcast with Lindy and Rhea at Peak Properties. And we bring you real estate stories that inspire you, educate you, make you laugh, cry, cringe. All of the above. All of the above. Come on in. We put the real in real estate. And today today our guest guest is Brad Brad Stiles. 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 Not with the S. Brad Style from Style Surveying. And um, my dad actually works for him. It has nothing man. but nice things to say. He does, and he really loves it. Yeah, so I'm excited to have you on here today um, because we were just talking about we don't have a lot of knowledge about surveys and that kind of stuff. So I guess we'll get into that. But why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, how you got into this business, all that. My name is Brad Style, and I partner with Style Surveying. And basically, I've got a wife of 20 years coming in November. Congratulations. Yep. And two dogs, two little pugs. Oh, we like little dogs around here. Yes, we do. Your dad would appreciate that because he loves little animals. Yeah. (laughs) He loves animals. (laughs) I've been surveying since probably 1989. But before that, I was off and on because my dad owned the business. So I did that for every summer during the school years and stuff like that. Sure. Here in Wyoming, all of it here in Wyoming? All of it here in Wyoming. Wonderful. And then are you from Cheyenne? No, not originally. Okay. Originally, we came from Minnesota. Oh, I come from Minnesota as well. Long same same thing, long time 78 ago. 78 was me. Ah, <laughs> so, I was 82, so, so very close. close. I think there was a migration happening to Wyoming during that time. So. Yep, it must have been. But yeah, Dad was working for an engineering surveying firm in Minnesota at that time. They okay. got transferred out here, and they all started a business at that time. And basically what happened with that business is they decided to go ahead and pull the plug. And with that being said, bunch of surveyors and engineers started their own business at that time. Oh, so very in 1982, nice. style surveying was established. Wow, that's awesome. a great, yeah. You always think when, I think as parents, when you start businesses that you can pass it down to your children and sometimes that works out and sometimes it does not. So You're in your case, it did. Right. For me, it did work out, but I haven't been able to tackle that with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know that it may come things in the change. future. Yeah, yeah. things yeah. change. Things change. Absolutely. I got one son that definitely is going to use it. He's been with me for probably six summers now. Okay. Yeah, but he's in Georgia now at the SCAD School of Art and Design out there in oh. Atlanta, or it's in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. So he's been out there, but he's, in case he needs to, he wants to come back and he'll help run the business if he needs to. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's, awesome. That's a great to have that. So hopefully he does good on his stuff, but if not, he's going to come back and help us out. All we really want is for our kids to be happy. Right? That's all we really want. That's all we really want. And then, of course, if they're if that happiness brings them back to mom and dad, there's nothing wrong with that either. So, <laughs> <Yeah>, absolutely, <laughs> I understand. Um, 
Well, one of the things that we talk about on here is some of the businesses that uh, contribute to the real estate industry that I think people just don't often think about. And so we're super excited to have you on here today to talk about surveying and how the two kind of connect. And so I'm wondering if you'd be willing to kind of just give us an introduction on that. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, basically, surveying for us in real estate is basically one of the things where people... When they're buying property, some people don't ask for a survey or anything like that. And one of the things we provide is showing where the property's at, easements are at, who's encroaching, who's not encroaching, um, if your buildings are on the property. And so with us in real estate, it's always good to have kind of a into it as far as getting the property going and showing you exactly what you do own. Cause yeah. a lot of times people say, this is what you own because the house is there. And so you don't know where they actually And what we, I mean, you're probably going to like cringe thinking this, but we really just pull up the tax assessor's site and then yeah. go to the map. And then I go, see, it's a square. <laughs> <laughs> this Here it is. is. <laughs> Maybe try to walk around it. <laughs> it's pretty much but you know true. what I mean? That's yeah. I think that's what happens. Yeah. That Unless exactly there's some red flag or something where you're like, that seems weird. Maybe we should get a survey. I've only had, I've been doing this 10 years and I've only had one on land, one person pay for a survey. Yeah. And which I think it's got to be more than that. Yeah. Sure. And so do you recommend them on all property or just like, I'm seeing like in town residential or mostly for Rural, larger some properties. that are cut and dried. I mean, some that are just like, yeah, it is what it is. In town, a lot of times it is what it is. Sure. Yeah. And even though the fences may, and be even if off the fence is on the wrong, but, like, are yeah, you going to rip it down? Yeah, they might be off a foot or so, foot or so in in that case. But for what we've really noticed was ranches, not really, you know, not really the big ranches, but knowing where all your easements are at and stuff like that, knowing what you have and what you're going to be buying and stuff like that. But cabins in mountain country has been a big issue. Oh, no. Interesting. People buy cabins without knowing where we their boundaries are We bought a cabin in Guernsey. We did not have a survey. Yeah. So a lot we of We just cabins, looked at the map and said, it's shaped like that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people look yeah. at. Yeah. Yikes, it's yeah. It's not necessarily true. So like like in the mountains up above Centennial, Woods Landing and all them, there's a lot of properties that were built on them subdivisions that nobody had any idea where the boundary lines were. Okay. So a lot of times when you're buying when you're when you're buying real estate, you want to know exactly where the properties are at. Right. And the buildings, the boundaries, the easements and all of that stuff so you know what you're actually buying. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go to the neighbor and say, "You know what? I think I'm on your property or you're on my property." And we've had a lot of surveys with that. And the GIS is one, it's a, it's kind of a depiction of something that just shows you about where your boundaries are at. Okay, sure. But we get a lot of surveys on it because all of a sudden it shows that the houses or the fences are 10 feet over or something like that. So people will say, I think well, I own half of that guy's property. And so we get surveys on that. And so GIS is just kind of a general idea of where your boundaries at, the houses and all that. Is that the same with any of those like apps, like land, something where yep. you can like walk it? Yep. Same. It's just kind of, it's not completely accurate. Not yeah. completely accurate by no means. So is there a, a way to describe, because you, when it comes to surveying, there's a tool that's used for that, correct? Like you, like, and we see these things on a 
on like a tripod, tripod or something <laughs> like guys you see it happening on the side of the interstate yeah. right or wherever where there's somebody out serving could you explain that process because i'm i've always been curious and now so that you're here i'd like to know so basically we're surveying uh, a lot of times nowadays gps okay. okay so we're surveying off the satellites and oh, so that okay. tripod is sitting on a known coordinate and then wherever we go to take our shots and stuff all the coordinates get put onto that point. And so you can put it in the real world and measurements and everything. So you take the shot, you download it into the computers and stuff like that, and you know exactly what your measurements are. And so that base station that you're looking at is actually talking to the satellites up above us and it's triangulating up above, back down to the guy that's running the, what we call a rover. So okay. you'll see a guy with a collector and a mm-hmm. rod moving around doing stuff. He's taking shots to go ahead and store it from the satellites. And then everything gets downloaded into the computer. And then our drafters draft it from there. Technology. Yeah, it is. Technology is one of the biggest things in our Has business. it changed a lot? Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask. It changes a lot. You don't <laughs> think it can get better, but every time it does get yeah. better. I've so when you first since, got into yeah. it, what did it look like? No satellites whatsoever. No. Paper. It was just the satellites, uh, the electronic distance meters, which were just coming out at that time. Uh, electronic distance meter is where you basically, you'll have your base station set up and you're eyeballing the guy that's in front of you and it gets a measurement back and forth. And so you have a baseline that you're turning all your angles off of and that goes back to the drafters again. So it mm-hmm. takes the distances, the angles, all that stuff. And then they can start drafting on it. But before that, it was even worse yet. They had to start taping tape measures and all that stuff oh. and triangulating and and then plotting it on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So, so technology has changed so much. And now we are officially into drone technology. Oh, yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. We are into that now, and that's the next best thing. So we do a lot of that. And ours is an unmanned aerial system. And basically... We program it before we go on out in there, out in the area, and the computer logs into the plane that we have, and then we th- we tell it to fly this surface that we're going to be flying, and so it's a bunch of baselines going back and forth, and what it does is it's prog- programmetry, and or photogrammetry is what it is, and it takes thousands of pictures as it's flying its route, and wow. then we take it back, process it. Uh, loaded into the information system to where it's basically right in this real Put world. In, yeah. And then uh, process it, and it takes all them thousands of pictures, gels it into one. We send it, and it takes a LAS file, which is a file that, it's a point cloud file, and it puts points on everything, about every square inch on the property. Wow. And so the photogrammetry pictures are just one part of it the processing makes everything else work and with that being said we do so many surveys we could do thousands of acres in about a half a day now that we could not do a couple of weeks in, in, in the past that's a good point i was so i always tell people that surveys are expensive is that true um they are but here's why they are well, it sounds very complex. <laughs> <laughs> the, the main reason why they are is because all the legality goes on to us. Sure. Yes. You're holding the responsibility. Yes. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of people think, you know, we can send a surveyor out there for $200 and get your property marked and all that stuff. 
Well, what we find is we find errors in surveys and stuff like that. And so we've got to find out where the error was at. And we've got mm -hmm. to put it all in the right spot. And so people think that surveyors are expensive, but we're really not because all the legality is on to us. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to be able to know what I'm telling my clients if I'm telling yes. them. And it's a really good idea to have it done, especially if there is any kind of concern in the property. Because when it's all said and done, when we're done, you all the legalities are off of you. Right. And the one I did have was in Medicine Bow. And so that was one of the biggest things. Because just because I'm saying that's where it is, I don't know that. You know what right. I mean? I don't want to be telling someone, here's your land. And then they own it and they find out it's actually over here. Oh, <laughs> I went to the wrong that place. All the time. Yeah. So I was like, you definitely need a, a surveyor. And then you need um, someone. They actually had the someone walk the property too afterwards yes. with them yeah so a lot of times we'll stake out the boundary and if they need to we'll lay out line points in between the boundaries so they know exactly where their exterior boundaries are at and a useful thing is by locating the houses and the buildings and stuff like structures on the property if they want to do additions later on yes. they know they can have an extra room or they know what the rules are re sure. and regulations mm -hmm. to know what, basically uh, how they can add, add on to their properties and mm -hmm. stuff so i guess that was going to be my question next is um what can somebody expect if they are let's say they're looking at purchasing a home um on 20 acres or something west of town and they want to have a survey done of their property and they call you and say I'd like to have a survey done of a property I'm looking at purchasing. What happens next? What's all? What's the process involved? So basically, we'll research the property, make sure we know the description of the property and what we're what the boundaries are going to be that we're going to be looking for. Okay. Then we'll go out there and look for the boundaries, um, mark them on up, mark the mark the property lines and stuff like that. Shoot in all their buildings and all of that stuff and locate or to do a bunch of research for it too and make sure we got all the easements located or right. found and stuff like that and okay so we can really do so by the time you're all said and done we'll provide you with a map with everything that's on it and everything that's on your property so you know exactly what you're buying and what you're going to be owning mm -hmm. that sounds like a really great thing to have i agree yeah, and worth the investment just to know exactly where you stand because yeah. inevitably, especially when you have neighbors, um, something may arise. And so, it's well, and just I nice. had one this last year. I had a client buy a property out um, east of town, and then they did the you know the title search and they look for everything and they look for easements and they didn't find one. And she has a easement, and now they're wanting to build a road, and they it wasn't found. It's like from 1920 or something yeah. so now yeah, she's going back of... to the title company and yeah sure yeah well, a really good thing is to have a title research done on your yeah, property sure. yeah. so you know everything that's going to be on there mm -hmm. so if the client doesn't request that sometimes we do yeah because we want to know everything that's on that property and yeah. so they start at about 250 dollars to start doing that but it might get more intense depending on what's all on the mm -hmm. property. But there's landowners that really want to know exactly what's well, on Well, nowadays there. I feel like it's probably becoming even more because you really want to make sure you know what you own. Yes, because there's a lot of legalities and mm -hmm. everything nowadays. Yep. You really want to know everything that's on the mm -hmm. property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So do you, you obviously get a lot of people who hire you 
because they're going to expand their property or build something. Yeah. Like I didn't even think of that. I mean, obviously I live in a neighborhood, so I don't think of some of these things, but if mm -hmm. you lived on land and you wanted to build something and it was close to the property line, you might want to make sure before you. <laughs> yeah. You want to know exactly where your property line is at. So you don't build over it even in town. I know, all I can think of is fencing. Like fence has to be a, an issue between property lines, correct? Yeah. Like every house I've already had a fence, so I didn't mm -hmm. have to figure out if I was building it in the wrong place. But yeah. then it's like and a tree being on. And now I don't know if it's yeah, place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you're when you are buying and you want to do a bit, build a fence, you want to have a survey done beforehand. Yeah. Okay. That way, you and the neighbors never have any kind of problems later on down the line. Yeah, you don't want and to be tearing down. And if you get with your fence. neighbors. They can they they might pay for half of it. Yeah. Or they may say no. Is the survey based the cost based on like the size of the property or how much work it is or is it? No, like we a usually do research to or? we do research to know what we've done in the area. Okay. And if there's you know if the property corners are in the area or if we have a bad time with, you know we never find anything in this area. Mm -hmm. That's where the price is at, especially okay. in town. Um, out of town, when you're doing full section type works, ranch type works, then we're based on the original surveys from nine, from the 1800s. Oh, man. We're trying to find the public land survey system monuments at that time, which are mm -hmm. stones that were set back in the day. Mm -hmm. But in town, it's just all based on what you found in the area. And if you haven't found anything, the prices go up because you know you're going to be searching across yeah. quite a few city blocks and stuff like that. Sure. But if you know, is if it's a new subdivision, you know you're going to find the corners, and then you, the price goes down. Yeah. Okay. So it, do, it really good. is based on what you know. Old old town is more expensive than new town. Okay. Sure. And then what we talked a little bit before we started about survey states and non-survey states. Being that I've only sold real estate in Wyoming, I've heard people from other states say something about a survey and then don't I just get a survey and I was like oh no no <laughs> you have to pay for that it's extra you can totally get one but so there's states that what do you think about that do you think that's think, a good I thing or a bad thing I think it's a great good thing, thing. Yeah. yeah I think it's a great thing because then people a lot of states out east basically require a survey before you buy it so you know what you're buying and stuff mm -hmm. like that Wyoming is not that same way um you can buy a piece of land unknown and you might not even know if there's an easement into the land. You may buy 40 acres out in the middle of nowhere, and there may not even be an easement to it, and you'll never know it. So a lot of that stuff is coming up nowadays to where, okay, I'm buying this property. How do I get to it? And so that's one of the big things is just knowing how you're going to get into it. Mm -hmm. And so surveys are required for that. And I think it's just a great thing to know what you're going to get and how yeah. you're going to get into the place. Yeah. Because if you're buying a piece of property that's landlocked, how do you, 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 you got to talk to a do? lot of people <laughs> to try to get down in. <laughs> exactly. Or pay then you're going to try to sell it and then you're going to have and a you problem. you can't sell it either. Yeah. It's, well, that's what I was going to ask. What do you, what do you find to be the biggest problem that arises once people get a survey done and it does sound is access to the property is that one of the biggest yeah. issues yeah that's yeah. probably one of the biggest issues interesting especially in some of those places like that like i i have i've sold several land lots of land in medicine bow they have a couple subdivisions over there and it's i can't barely find what i what road i'm on or where i am or if that's the land or even just putting a sign up is like 
I don't know if this is the land. I don't want to put my sign here. I don't know if I'm in the right spot. <laughs> that's yeah. understandable, and that's yeah. why that's where we come into play is because even we have we have to get started somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're in the same boat you guys are. If we've never been out there, it's hard to get started. So mm-hmm. you have to find a starting point, and then that's where you start knowing. You start going around the boundaries, and you start knowing who's who and what lot is what. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, you don't know. You just mm-hmm. stick a sign out there and. I could be advertising the wrong property for yeah. sale. Yeah. What does, um, I've thought about this over the years because it's not like you see a college degree that's labeled land surveying. What does a, I'm just out of pure curiosity, and I know this isn't completely real estate related, but if somebody, how, what is the education or experience or what's the, you know what I'm talking about? Like what, what, if a person's going to get into surveying or if they want to come work for you or whatever the case is, what is it a lot of math? Is it a what lot is of it? engineering? Yeah. What, what is, is it? it? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, well, both of those. Well, that's but, why uh, when you said that, I was like, my dad does this. Is my dad good at math? <laughs> so what happens is land surveying is more of a hands-on type. Okay. Thing. Okay. Years and years and years of experience is really what helps. But to get your license is a four-year degree in Wyoming, okay. and then so many years of experience, and then you can start sitting in on the test. And some states will allow you just to have experience and sit in on the test, and once you pass them tests, you can get your licenses and stuff like that. But a lot of it is hands-on. For me, it was all hands-on. I've been doing sure. it since 1989, and... And uh, basically, just hands-on for me the whole time. And so, so like, your dad has come on in there, and he's just coming on in there to be basically a helper for us. Right. And he is learning so much on it, and he's he's learned so much more than he ever had even thought that the surveying world provided. Well, that's what I think. I think a bunch yeah. of people wouldn't think of Yeah, because we that's... are first ones on the ground. Last one's off the ground, basically. So when mm-hmm. we come on in there, we do topographic surveys. And they design, then we send that off to the engineer. So we do the surface design to show the utilities and all that stuff, the ground features and all that, send it to the engineer. Engineer designs what they're going to design on the project. Send it back to us. We stake it out. And then we have contractors that build everything when it build everything. And when it's all said and done, we come in and we reshoot everything to make sure you know, everything's the right place on the right property. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to flow. Redo the map in case yeah. it's different. Yeah. I'll bet it's so interesting. Yeah, it is. There's so much that we do between yes. boundary surveys, GPS surveys, Alta surveys are where banks will come on in there and say, I need an Alta survey. They want to know exactly what's on the property and what they're loaning on. And so we yes. come in and do those. Um, my part of a lot of stuff is oil and gas. We, I do yeah. a lot of oil and gas, and okay. so the pipelines that are coming in or well structures that are coming in should start pumping the oil out of the ground and stuff. Yeah. So we do a lot of oil and gas, um, water rights. Sure. So people know what they're, what, how much water they can use in a year and what they're watering and stuff like that. So we specialize in a lot of different things. It's not just, you know, selling staking houses out or land. staking out yeah. lands. I mean, yeah. my yeah. I do a lot of boundary surveys on ranches so ranchers know know exactly what they own and how much property they have and stuff like that yeah i was thinking about that as you were talking because um i've spent before i was a realtor i've spent a lot of my time working with law enforcement and 
I never even knew that, um, like agricultural, like, um, livestock crimes being such an issue, you know, where, um, grazing on the wrong land land or or they, you know, get stolen or whatever the case is. But yes, when they're crossing the land into somebody else's land and how those ranchers kind of work together to maybe get the, get the animals returned or whatever the case is, but you have to, I mean, ranchers know their land, I'm sure like the back of their hand, or they try to spend the time to figure that out because, of all these, you know, there's so much going on on somebody's piece of land. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't all know, but it seems like they're all pretty, they but want to know. Them, some yeah. of them know big time. Yeah. Some of them do not know. There's no. certain places where fences have been built. And so everybody's, so one yep. landowner on one side has been using that, the other landowner oh, on the other sure. side. Then all of a sudden they call us in to go ahead and break it down and actually show us where their boundaries are at. And they're like, yeah. dang, we thought that fence was a property oh, the whole sure. time. So that Especially happens. as you hand these properties down through mm-hmm. generations. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah, mistakes are made just, on, you know, some people fence. just owned it forever and really have never known where their boundaries are at. And they just kind of say, this is where we're at. And, oh. and then a new buyer comes on in and says, I want to mm-hmm. really know where it's at. And yeah. that's where things can get complicated. Mm-hmm. I'm a little And that's what we're there to, yeah, know. that's what yeah. we're there to show. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't make good neighbors sometimes because it's sure. like, <clears throat> so you got different ways to go about it. Adverse possession is one of the things. Yes, but, right. But uh, for the most part, we like to show the facts of where everything really is, and then everything the courts can take it from there after that if they want to proceed it. Mm-hmm. Is any of it um, subjective? Is it all completely facts, facts, figures, numbers, or is there any? Is there ever gray area in what you're doing? There's always a gray area. Is there always gray area? Yep. Okay. Always. Because the original surveys were done in the 1800s, and if they screwed up back in the 1800s, oh. and we find stuff where it's at, it's it's really that's where it's at. Okay. You cannot change what they what the original surveyors did back in the day. I see. And so where we find it's at, mm-hmm. so a lot of people say I bought 640 acres, and it comes out to 570 acres because the original survey was. You know, they come up short or they had some errors in their survey and all that they stuff. They didn't have the technology back yeah, then. Yeah, they didn't. They used yeah. chain and compass and that's all they had. <laughs> they don't have the GPS like we do. So yeah, we find we find the evidence and then tell everybody where it's at. And then they maybe come up to 570. It may come up to 700 acres. It just depends on the error. <clears throat> and so where it's if it looks like it's never been disturbed, that's where the boundaries are at. And so... A lot of a lot of people don't know so the original survey system, which was set in one square miles back in the day, and it's it's one of the neatest things about my job, is because it's kind of like detective work. It's hard to find these stones sure. that were set back in the 1800s. Yeah, I bet that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's it's the funnest part of the job for me. Everybody else likes, you know, <laughs> there's certain guys in our crews that like other stuff, but for me, mm-hmm. it's kind of like detective work and just traveling through the footsteps of the surveyors. It's making me think of the, the TV show Yellowstone in 18. Do you watch those? Yeah. yeah. It's making me think of those shows where they came and the put the stake on put the, the land. Stake on their land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Because that's kind of what it was. Uh-huh. You know, they, they're like, this is what we're paying, we're buying is it this piece of land right here. And that's how them big ranches got built back in the day. Yeah, homesteading. Yep, homesteading was a big thing. Yeah. And we do a lot of surveys on homesteads and stuff like that. When you're getting the Forest Service stuff, there are actual homesteads out there that people have carved out back in the day that are right in the middle of the Forest Service. 
that's also another fun survey too because you got to travel you know you got to those things might have been laid out in the 1800s again and we just got to follow on through and once you find a corner then we start staking out and you just kind of pretty much find everything else after that so it's all retracing the footsteps of the surveyor before you is what it really is and it's a it's a fun deal yeah my job is great yeah you look like you're happy doing it <laughs> my for sure job is great. <laughs> well thank you so is there anything else you would like for people that are purchasing a property is there anything else you feel like they should know when they go I'd to just purchase? like to reiterate that it's a great idea to mm-hmm. have a surveyor come on in there and survey out your property so you know what you're buying and you know what what is on the property what's the encroachments well, on i think so too like and that. now because I, like I said, we bought a cabin in 2020 in um, Hartville, so outside of, outside of Guernsey. We have like a, a road goes through it, the yeah. property, so we have like 35 acres, I think it is, and then there's the road, so we obviously all share this road because there's mm-hmm. other houses, and then we have an area that's like blocked off, and there's... Um, it's a burial site for the Oregon Trail, and we have like sure. I know exactly where you're talking. You do, <laughs> and we have there's a little girl that was buried there, and has the plaque. I mean, obviously, we're not doing anything with that, yeah. leaving yeah. it there, but it's kind of cool. And then I'm like, it would it'd be interesting to see where because the property is kind of a weird shape. Yep, shape. I know exactly where you're talking. I had land yeah, you... in there. I just sold it just this last year. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. It's so you I would continued on um, through your Ingram. property. Yeah, Ingram Road. Yep. Yeah, that's. I would have it... continued on through your property to get down to mine. Okay, yeah, interesting. So we had the we have like the highway patrol guys right here, yep. and then we're the next property up on the hill, a little green cabin. Yeah, and we built an outbuilding, but yeah, then you would go down the road. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so basically that road. So we surveyed that on out there and set the easement. So we put the easements on the road so the the people in the subdivision can use it. Yeah. And then get to their properties and stuff, even though you can see as well as I can that some people have built different roads on in there and traveled yeah. in their properties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I noticed that before we sold it. I'm like, yeah, these people are using the non-easement part of it. But yeah. That happens. <clears throat> uh, but, yeah, I know what you exactly Yeah, we back up about. to that, um, that, the military land. Yep. Yeah. The Army Guard base yeah. out there. Yeah. To wrap up, we each have a question that we like to ask our guests. And um, the question I always ask is, what is your favorite thing about Cheyenne? For one, the people. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is the recreational opportunities we have in the area. Sure. I mean, I love being able to just go 30 miles or less to go fishing. Love to go 30 miles or less to go hiking on trails, going to, going up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So to me, our recreational opportunities is huge. You're an adventurer. You like to go adventure. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like my job. Yeah. Yeah, you get, get a lot in, of I get into areas where yeah. nobody else gets into. I'll bet. Where nobody else even thinks about getting into. Yeah. And your dad can attest to that. Yeah. He has. He's told me stories about different, like, abandoned buildings and some cool things that he's seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so the recreational opportunities is the greatest. Hunting, fishing, yeah, trails, yeah, all of that stuff is incredible. Uh, has there been any, um, well, I know that you've encountered wildlife. Do you have a specific, like, story of encountering wildlife while you've been out doing this? No, because there's so many stories on that, but one of the biggest things is getting into mountain lion country. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't. I love getting the elk and all that stuff. I mean, 
That's kind of why I think I quit hunting is because I'd rather just see them them, moving around and doing their thing because Mm -hmm. it is one of the most beautiful things in the world. But one of the other tough things is the mountain lions. You get into certain country, we work around Laramie Peak a lot, and the mountain lions up there, there was one time I actually called my wife and said, I'm not sure if I'm coming home tonight (laughs) because you could just feel them staring at you and stuff like that. So. The wildlife in our in our state is very abundant. It's all over the place, and mm-hmm. it's just one of the good things about our state. And got to respect their home. You got to respect their home. You, you yep. get in there, you got you know they're there, and so you respect what they're doing. But that is what that the is, mountain lions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. wildlife in our state is incredible, and yeah. that's one of the best. Yeah, that's another thing. And my dad sends pictures all the time of wildlife. Yeah, he's taking some good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, we worked. So, so one of the jobs is up by Twin Peaks. Or up at Laramie Peak, which mm-hmm. is uh, Twin Pines, is a buffalo ranch out there. Yeah. And you could just drive on through on the main road, and the buffalo could be on either side of you. Sure. It's really nice. That's yeah. So cool. A lot of my job is seeing a bunch of stuff like that, and I really respect that stuff. Yeah. That's what we love Wyoming for. Yes, yep. of course. So maybe this will tie into my question is, if you could purchase property anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? I'm not really a worldly person. So I would say for me... Anywhere possibly in the mountains. I've been to Mexico, and I would love to own some land on an ocean out there. Yeah. Stuff like that. But maybe one of the biggest things for me is just uh, owning land on a lake somewhere. That's we amazing. have a pontoon boat, and mm-hmm. I would just love to dock it instead of trailering Tra- it to yes. a lake. Yes, that's I what I want, too. So we want lakefront, lakefront property. Exactly. Lakefront property. How do we get property. that to Wyoming? <laughs> we don't. Oh, we and don't. From being from Minnesota. <laughs> Yes. That is one of the biggest That's things. That's she, where she gets it to. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the land of 10,000 lakes is really the land of 10,000 lakes. I used lakes. to spend my summers on Lake Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. And so I, that, whenever we've talked about this, that's been my exact thing too. Like I love Wyoming, but the thing I miss is the lakefront property because yeah. it just is with all the trees and like you say, the ability to dock right there. Yeah. It's just. And then just go fishing <sighs> and just go yeah. wherever you want. Want to go. Yep. So that's probably. Like I said, I'm not a worldly traveler, but I would love to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love to have that. I really agree. Well, just so you know, uh, your answer isn't that uncommon. It seems like those of us that live here in Wyoming choose to live here very intentionally. This mm-hmm. is kind of where we want to be, is yeah. this environment. And so it yeah, completely makes sense. Yeah, we moved in here from Minnesota, and I've never Not left looked it. back. Nope. <laughs> I, know. I know. We'll never. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Us either. So, yeah, anyway. well, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you, you so much for being little... on. Oh, yes. So, uh, for our listeners today, um, I'm Ria and this is Lindy, and we're realtors here at Peak Properties. And so, if you're looking to buy or sell, please get a hold of us. You can find us on www.sellcheyenne.com as well as on all the social media channels. And of course, you can listen to Beyond the Front Door podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Yes, so, thank, thank you, you so much. This episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com.